Welcome to Leaders and Legends in Government with Aileen Black on Federal News Network. One-on-one interviews with the people who have left a lasting imprint on the government and the nation. Now your host, Aileen Black. Welcome to Leaders and Legends in Government on Federal News Network. I'm Aileen Black, and today I'm talking to Amy Gilliland. Amy is president of General Dynamics Information Technology, or GDIT, a business unit of General Dynamics Corporation. General Dynamics Information Technology is an $8.5 billion global technology enterprise and operations in 30 different countries worldwide. Amy has had more than 25 years of public sector experience, including the U.S. Navy and nearly two decades in leadership positions at General Dynamics. She was recognized as one of the Virginia Business Magazine's 50 Most Influential Virginians, a Washingtonian tech titan, and is a five-time Washington 100 award winners. So first off, Amy, it's an honor and thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Amy, we start every show by asking uh, the standard question. Uh, It really describes who the person is. Um, Can you describe your leadership style? Sure. I would describe my leadership style as empathetic. In fact, I believe strongly in leading with empathy. And I think that organizations can lead with empathy and compassion while also driving results. So one is, I believe, fundamental to the other. And you would definitely see that in GDIT's results over the last five years or so. So, you know, we've had a lot of different market conditions over the last five years, especially in the last three. Do you alter your approach depending on the situation or the audience? I don't, Eileen. For me, what you see is what you get. I'm very authentic in my leadership style. And I think that it is critical to every different kind of situation because ultimately it is based in enabling those for whom you have the privilege to lead. And they need you to see them in good times and in bad times. Do you have any stories about a leadership challenge and how you faced uh, an obstacle and how you got through it? I mean, you're in um, in aerospace and defense, and uh, I'm sure over the years when you walked into the big uh, conference room with a long table, nobody else looked like you. Uh, Has there been some challenges along the way? You know, it's interesting. We have had challenges, and I'm not going to claim that they are unique challenges, Eileen, but we had the Five years ago, just after I came in as president of GDIT, General Dynamics Corporation made the biggest acquisition in the history of the corporation dating back to 1952. And we had to to go through a pretty significant integration. And on the back of that was COVID. And so, you know, lots of challenges. I, I think I'd talk about COVID for a second because that is something that nobody saw coming. Uh, There's no playbook for how you get through something like a pandemic. And we really doubled down on the company that we decided that we wanted to be when we came together in 2018. That is really a company that focuses on empowering its employees. So we got our leaders together 
And we told them to go out and help their people. And it's not something that we could command and control from headquarters. It was something where every situation was different, every customer was different, every employee situation was different. And so we, I learned a lot going through that. And I'd say there's two things that came out of it for me. First and foremost is just the importance of continuous communication in a situation like that. I did not have the answers, Eileen, but I was very forthright with employees throughout and very vulnerable. And they appreciated that. And the other thing that I will say is that we learned that employees' situations, we're all going through it, they changed so dramatically and everybody was dealing with something outside of work also. Uh, so that launched a campaign for us. We were to talk about mental health and uh, even altering our benefits to help support our employees, not just through COVID, but in the aftermath. In your bio, it states that you focus the culture of DDID on employee focus. Is that what you, you meant by that? Is, is the work that you did there? It is. We had this unique opportunity, sort of a blank piece of paper, because we brought GDIT and CSRA together in 2018. And what we wanted to do was create a new company. And the leadership team agreed it agreed in the very early stages of that, that we wanted to be different from other integrators in our market and defined our company as a company with a soul. And a company with a soul, in my mind, enables and, and takes care of its people so that they can take care of our customers and very much uh, focused ourselves and our decisions on supporting our employees. And it was clear that they wanted a lot of, of different things and what they want changes over time. So it's a regular dialogue. But just as an example for you, Employees want to progress in their careers. They want to see a career path. They want to continue to involve in their skills. So one thing that we have just implemented after working on it over the last couple of years is an AI tool that allows employees to upload their resumes, put filters in to focus on what their clearances are, what their experiences on are, and that filter helps employees find other opportunities in GDIT. Now, the managers still absolutely have a responsibility to work with those employees and help them further their careers, but that has been so successful. Last year, we had 5,500 plus employees that had internal mobility and next steps in their careers. We've also completely overhauled our learning and management system so that employees can continue certifications in technologies that are really important for our customers and for them. Uh, so we have quadrupled the number of certifications that we have in cyber and AI and cloud. And that helps employees, it helps our customers and it helps our company. Oh, that's fantastic. Now let's take a step back. You brought up your efforts around mental health and uh, being authentic and Kind of being vulnerable and talking about things that um, maybe historically people have not wanted to talk about, especially in the areas of the intelligence community and defense because of security clearances. So tell us a little bit about your effort there. Sure. I it was apparent to me in my personal life where I was seeing uh, in the community around me some suicides. Uh, this was 2021 timeframe, fall of 2021. So if you can think back to that time, we're still 
in it with COVID, but maybe starting to emerge and starting to understand the effects. And shortly thereafter, I was on vacation. I got a call on the first day of the vacation from one of my senior leaders who said that um, a GIT employee had just committed suicide. And it, I reflected on just the broader situation that we found ourselves in and realized people are really hurting and struggling and that we needed to, as a workplace, create an environment where people could say they were not okay. We don't have to, but we had to make it okay to be not okay and to ask for help. And we launched this multi-prong campaign for listeners who are interested. It's on our website. We've made our resources available to, to anyone that might be interested. And I cannot tell you, Eileen, the number of emails that I have gotten from employees. Every time I go out to engage with employees, somebody pulls me aside to say, I really appreciate that. And we started inside of GDIT and then slowly took it to social media platforms and engaging even with INSA, which is the professional association for those that affiliate themselves with the intelligence community. And we had the people that approve security clearances come on and dispel the myths in a panel discussion about what does and does not uh, you know, cause someone to lose their clearance. And what's so interesting about that is Almost never, almost never in 0. 0.000, you, you name the decimal number of places, does somebody that seeks mental health because they're dealing with something lose their clearance. And I think that's a really important truth to get out there. The one other thing that I want to add to that discussion that I think is important is that we have also evolved our benefits inside the corporation. And as people are dealing with mental health issues, they're dealing with security nets that have fallen out from under them as a result of, uh, of COVID, um, we have introduced new things. Like uh, we have a benefit called Wealthy. And Wealthy is what I will call a family concierge service. And for those that are dealing with elder care, Maybe their parents don't have caretakers because people can't find them in the aftermath of COVID. Special needs children. I have a special needs child. I uniquely understand what it is like to be a special needs uh, parent. This practice, this benefit helps our employees find somebody that can help them make appointments, navigate insurance, those sorts of things. So we have tried to evolve to meet the reality of what post-pandemic employees are dealing with. You have held such a variety of roles from being in the Navy, in the military, to working with Capitol Hill in that role, to running HR at General Dynamics, to running the $8.5 billion business. Do you think um, this has helped you really understand that, that dynamic we were just talking about? Or has it also provided some challenges because you know, it, it, you know, how do you balance, um, you know, coming from an HR perspective in running a business? Well, you know, what's so interesting is uh, I do, I did come from HR to come out to GDIT and turns out HR is uh, a people focused job and turns out an IT services company is, is a people company. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, actually, the experiences align very well. And so, yes, to your point, I've had a very diverse career. And I would say that the experiences and the obstacles, because yes, I faced them in my career, have shaped the kind of leader I am today. And I'm thankful for all of those experiences. I'll give you an example. 
I transitioned from the military. So when I, I made a difficult decision to, to leave, you know, what I had known my entire adult life from college, you know, all the way through uh, almost nine years and came out to industry. And that transition was really difficult for me. It was difficult uh, for a variety of reasons. And it turns out that many that transition, many veterans that transition, it's tough to navigate that. And so I have 28,000 employees, as you highlighted, 28% of them are veterans. And so one of the platforms that I'm focused on here is helping transitioning veterans succeed when they come to GDIT because their experience and their skill set is terrific and so powerful and helpful for our customers. How can we make it easier for them to step into the next journey of their life? And so, you know, interestingly, I did new employee onboarding on Monday. So every Monday we have new employees that start at GDIT and I went down to engage with those employees and Somebody raised their hand and asked a question and said, hey, this is my first post-military job. What advice can you give me as a transitioning veteran? And so, yeah, I had a unique perspective to be able to give her. So you never, you never know where your past experiences might not come in. Running an IT services business, I don't have to be a technologist. I have to be a people leader. I'm speaking with Amy Gilliland. President, General Dynamics Information Technology. After the break, we'll discuss leadership, decision-making, and communication, and why it is important to have the right combination. You're listening to Leaders and Legend Government on Federal News Network. I'm Elaine Black. Welcome back to Leaders and Legend Government on Federal News Network. I'm Elaine Black, and today I'm talking with Amy Gilliland, President, General Dynamics Information Technology. Amy, what is the most important types of decisions you can make as a leader of your organization? It is very important, Eileen, for a company to understand what what the vision is, what what road are we heading down, and what kind of company do we want to be? GDIT, we decided from the early days of the company, we want to be a company with a soul. And so what is important to that? Well, for us, we had to change a lot. We're a very different company from where where we were five years ago. And I think that our success in that time frame comes down to aligning around that vision, putting a value system in place. And General Dynamics has an ethos, which is our value system. And we align ourselves around honesty, trust, transparency, and alignment. That's how we operate this company. Employees tell me the truth. I tell them the truth. And I think that is important to our success. And having an empowered leadership team. You need to have the right leaders and you need to empower them to make decisions. And I think that's been critical for our success. So we took that company that we made a decision that we wanted to be, put the right leadership in place, put values under them and said, this is where we're headed. And we made some important decisions. We got rid of businesses that were not core to us. We restructured how we operated with respect to our digital consulting practice and our technology labs and expanding our partnerships. And now GDIT is entering a super exciting new phase um, where we are expanding our research and development and investments in things like Zero Trust and Quantum and uh, delivering results. I think people want to see that that vision produces success. 
Last year, we won the biggest contract in the history of GDIT, um, which is fabulous, supporting uh, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Our zero trust solutions are gaining traction in Department of Defense, Department of Education, and elsewhere. But I think being part of a winning team is important. So you got to know where you're headed. You got to have the right leaders and you have to succeed. So how do you approach how you decide what you do? So th those were some big decisions, you, you know, to, to, you said, you, you've said it several times throughout the interview, we're a much different company than we were five years ago. So when you get your, your leadership team in the meeting and, and, and as a group, and do you make decisions at a committee? Uh, do you alter your approach or do you sometimes just make them? I mean, and how do you decide if you do have an altering approach to making decisions? How do you decide when you approach things differently? I'm a very thoughtful decision maker. And I believe that in driving an organization forward, that it cannot be done by a committee of one. So that in input from the leaders that report to me and the leaders that report to them has been a really important part of how we've made decisions. I'll give you an example. When the two companies came together, we had very, very different benefits plans. And I was very honest with employees and said, look, I'm going to listen to you about what's important. And I'm going to tell you, you're benefits are for sure going to change. You're not going to have everything you have now, and you're not going to have everything you want. But I want to know what's important because I will prioritize what is important to you. And we went out and I had my next level leaders own those discussions. They came back with input and we as a leadership team made a decision. Now that is a uh, how we tend to make decisions so that employees have a voice. They may not like the final decision, but they know that they had uh, input into it. I think there are times, um, uh, and this is a fast moving industry where you have to, to be decisive and you have to make decisions quickly. And so what is important in those situations is having the benefit of, uh, of information. So seeking that and seeking that information from multiple places. But when it comes down to it, yes, there are times that I have to make hard decisions and I make them and I'm very transparent about the fact that I made those decisions and why, and we move forward. In the first segment, we talked about the wide variety of roles you have held over your career from a military officer, HR, investor relations, Capitol Hill. You've truly walked in the shoes of many of your employees. Um, you know, is there advice that you have for other leaders out there that don't have the rich background you have um, that you'd like to share? I definitely have had an unconventional journey um, for, for sure. I, just sort of thinking about that in the moment, I would say that listening and leading with empathy is very important. You are not going to be the expert in the room in, in my case, many situations. Uh, and so listening to others is, is, is so important. Surrounding yourself with good leaders. If you have a strong leadership team, that cascades throughout the organization. A strong organization that works, uh, a strong leadership team that works well together and communicates and is transparent, that, that, that cascades. And the inverse is also true, I believe. So surround yourself by really good people and have the humility to listen to them. And then finally, I would say, 
you know, with a career trajectory like the one you described that 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 I've had, you're not really sure what what job comes next. And so rather than worrying about what is on the horizon, I have chosen to focus on the position that I'm in today. And I have found that to be truly beneficial to me and the leaders and employees that I am privileged to to lead. Now you've, you, you're leading to really what my next question is that in some ways your focus and your decision process has changed as you become more senior. Have your uh, focus in time horizon changed or as you've taken more senior positions? I mean, or is it has it changed a little bit civilian versus government, the way you look at a problem or the way that you, you know, decide how to approach it? I, I would say that I've become wiser about how things actually play out. So it is important to have a vision for where the organization is going. And we have big aspirational goals at GDIT, and I'm very proud of them, and we are focused on them every day. But that being said, you know, no good plan survives the battlefield. And I think if we've learned nothing since the pandemic, um, we have learned that we are going to be hit with unexpected sorts of things. And I think Ukraine, for example, is a great example of that. And so it is important as a leader to make sure that your organization is agile and nimble and that you can react and understand and changing environment around you. And that's particularly true in the IT services industry. Technology is evolving and the requirements of our customers are evolving so quickly. For instance, I was just in November I went to visit uh, some of our employees in Europe, in a couple of places in Germany and then in Poland. And the employees that are on the ground in Poland, fulfilling requirements in support of what's going on Ukraine, uh, in Ukraine, never anticipated that that's what they would be doing uh, in February or January, early February or January of last year. But as an organization, we have to be agile in responding to those requirements. And they have what they have done um, in uh, helping to support the warfighter in that mission is nothing short of spectacular. So as you got taken more senior positions, what are your thoughts about managing versus leadership and the importance of the two, both from your style and in training and development of the leaders around you? It's interesting. Coming from the military, I had the privilege to learn about my leadership style on the deck plates of a guided missile destroyer. And that is a very unique environment. And as I reflect on that, those were some introspective days because I think a lot about leadership is learning about who you are. And I learned a lot about myself and leadership and how to be a more effective leader in those days. As I have transitioned out um, uh, to industry and had a variety of different jobs, I would say that my leadership style is much less command and control now and very much about listening and enabling and empowering my organization. And you know, we talked earlier, I'm not a technologist, but I understand a lot about people. 
And so I never underestimate the power of listening to employees and customers. And you would see that if you looked at my schedule, because I prioritize times with those stakeholders. I'm speaking with Amy Gilliland, President, General Dynamics Information Technology. Coming up, we'll talk more about being a leader that is trying to lead through change. You're listening to Leaders and Legend in Government on Federal News Network. I'm Elaine Black. Welcome back to Leaders and Legend Government on Federal News Network. I'm Aileen Black, and today I'm talking with Amy Gilliland, President, General Dynamics Information Technology. Amy, getting organizations to adopt change is always one of the biggest leadership challenges. How do you approach leading an organization to adopt major change? I mean, sometimes it's really difficult to keep a team focused on a goal that many others may think was impossible. Yes, you are so right. And I think one of the things, I'd say a couple of things to that first, and you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, making sure that people are aligned around where you are headed and why you are doing something is so important. And that starts at the leadership level and it has to cascade down through the organization, particularly always, but even more so particularly now. People need to understand why am I doing this and how am I contributing to moving this organization forward? The second thing I will say is that communication and transparency is so important. Eileen, when we came out of, when we were in the integration phase of the organization, so 4,000, I'm sorry, $4.5 billion on one side, $4.5 billion on the other side of the organization, 20,000 employees on one side, 20,000 employees on the other. I can't even tell you the number of systems uh, that we had on both sides of the organization. That's really, really hard. You can't even communicate in the early days from one side of the organization to the next. And so when you go through something like that, you learn that it is important to talk to employees about where you are and to share success. Again, people wanna be part of a winning team. Where are we headed? why i know this is hard i see you and here is how we are making progress and then finally when you make big change you have to be humble enough to understand that you cannot proclaim it from the top of the organization and make it happen yourself you really have to pull the other people on the team the leaders on the team into it and empower them to make it happen. And so trust is so fundamental to that. And perhaps my best story there is that when I became president of GDIT, I was pregnant and we went through this huge acquisition and announced it in February of 2018. I gave birth to my daughter in early March of 2018. And so very quickly after the acquisition was announced, I had to decide on what the leadership team of this new entity was going to be, put them in place, tell them what we needed to have happen over the next you know, few months as I took maternity leave and then trust them to do it. And they did great. You know, in leadership roles, you're driving innovation uh, both within GDIT, which we've been talking about, but also with your customers. 
There's so many requests right now out there by agencies to ask industry to share how to change their approach to adopt and drive innovation with technology. How have you changed EID to adapt to this new environment? Because traditionally, very large systems integrators kind of have got, been getting a, a, the bad rap about mm-hmm. you're not driving innovation or the way that contracts are written, that they're driven mm-hmm. more from profit versus actually mm-hmm. the outcome for the mission. Do you have advice for federal leaders or for other systems, you know, leaders in type of position to, to help drive innovation in the government? Absolutely. And you're so right. I think the first thing, my first piece of advice is that leaders of uh, of companies like GDIT have to understand that what got us here isn't going to get us there. And so to your point, yes, our customers are dealing with complex and emergent geopolitical challenges. We're dealing with supply chain realities, this cyber world and and what's going on in terms of our adversaries and and how they are trying to perpetrate um, our networks, zero trust. There's so much changing and we have to change. I think looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, hey, I'm not going to come to you and bring you the same solutions because that's what I know. I think if if customers understand that you see them and that you understand that you need to help them navigate this environment, that breeds partnership. And so for GDIT in particular, we we have realized that technology is evolving now in a way that we have to change ourselves and become even more agile and nimble to stay in front of it and help our customers meet these requirements so we've done a couple of specific things i can tell you we have invested in our digital consulting practice and lab environments and so a good example of that we have a deep sky lab in st louis Um, That was really important to the geospatial uh, mission. And that was important to us showing the customer that we are innovating and helping them navigate this environment and ultimately for the business to succeed in in winning new work there. We also have on the zero trust side, there is a mandate uh, from the government for government agencies to get zero trust plan in place. And we have developed a prototype. We did it in 45 days. We proved it in a customer environment. And we're trying to bring that, not a PowerPoint slide, but a proven solution to our customers. And I am trying to inculcate every day into my employees the importance of creating value for our customers. And they don't have time for big ideas. They need proven solutions. Um, We've also expanded our investments in technology. It is clear that software factories and 5G and quantum, even multi-cloud management, these things are here and on the horizon. And as a company, we have a responsibility to invest in that ahead of our customers' requirements. Also, we can't do it all ourselves as as IT integrators, particularly from a cost perspective um, and from a a production perspective. And so we have expanded our partnerships with commercial technology companies. We just announced a really important coalition that I'm excited about in the 5G world. In fact, we had one of our prospective partners in yesterday, and we were talking about what's happening in 5G land. And that is so important to how our customers are thinking about what the war fight looks like in the future. So as a business, I would tell you that we are focused on changing how we operate. And I think that that is important. First and foremost, change has to start here. 
You know, I, you can't help but feel your passion for your customer's mission. What drew you to public service? I grew up, my great grandfather, who came to the United States from Switzerland um, to Ellis Island when he was 18, he served in the Navy and he raised me. My mom was a single mother. And so I spent a lot of pre and after school time with, with him. And, and I used to listen to his stories and how proud he was to serve in the Navy and how proud he was of this country and the opportunities that it afforded him. And so from a very young age, that was something that was really emphasized for me. And my mom was a, a government civilian employee for almost 40 years. And so I drove to base with her many times. And so was in and around the military and the army at that time. And I went on a field trip to the Naval Academy in kindergarten and decided that's what I was going to do when I grew up. And so um, I would say from a young age, I was very much influenced about the importance of service and giving back to, to this nation. You're listening to Leaders and Legend Government on Federal News Network. I'm Aileen Black, and today we've been talking to Amy Gilliland. Next, we'll talk about Amy's advice to the next generation of leaders. I'm Aileen Black. Welcome back to Leaders and Legend in Government on Federal News Network. I'm Aileen Black, and today I'm talking with Amy Gilliland, President, General Dynamics Information Technology. Amy, there has been countless articles about the lack of diversity in the tech industry and certainly in aerospace and defense. What are your thoughts and how can we change the industry to look more like the general population? I, I understand General Dynamics has a very, Ajita in particular, has a very strong um, DEI program. Can you tell me about that and, and how our listeners can learn more? Sure, yes. We have, in the midst of the pandemic, we looked ourselves in the mirror uh, after our the George Floyd incidents and decided we needed to do a lot more as a business. I had a very open and honest conversation with employees, my employees, about what I expected and what that meant for a company with a soul. And when we think about the complexion of GDIT and making it look more like the broader population, there are a couple of things that are important that we have learned on this journey. I have a great head of DEI, and it's been a superb partnership with with him. So first, people want whether diverse or when you're focusing on diversity, people want to have meaningful work to do. And so I think that first and foremost, it is very important to continue to talk and my head of marketing focuses on this all the time about the meaningful work that we are doing in cutting edge technology here at GDIT. Second, people want to see themselves in your company. And for us, we have a very diverse company in the lower ranks of the organization. And as you get to the leadership roles, it is not as diverse as it should be. And we are found as a company in looking at the data that we attrite diverse leadership mid-career. And so we have really focused on our efforts, on our rising leaders, and trying to help navigate those middle part of careers when people are starting to look around and say, hey, what's next for me? And so that rising leaders program that we launched, we had two cohorts last year with an emphasis on diversity. 
and they are solving real problems for the organization, building community. And that is how ultimately the organization will have in the future a more diverse leadership team. I think it is also important to understand that people, when they're going through that transition, veterans, for instance, when they're coming into the company, how do you make them feel like this is a community? This is more than just a transactional place where you just come and do work. It's a place where people collaborate, where they help you succeed. And so we have formed employee resource groups for any of a variety of the diverse employees that comprise GDIT. And that has been a really important part of helping have dialogue around things like uh, hate that is in our society and, and how it is uh, reflecting itself in, in incidents that, that occur um, out there, how we can talk about that um, as a company. and. I'd say finally, people, diverse, non-diverse, everybody wants to be part of a company that they feel cares about them. And so that mental health discussion that we were having before, knowing that this is a place where you can come and thrive as an employee is, is really important. And those are areas that we have focused on in building this company to be a destination where employees want to come and want to stay. You know, so much social media people post, uh, no, nobody ever posts them sitting on the couch after a really hard day, um, mm -hmm. you know, opening a bag of potato chips and just looking mm -hmm. like a mess, right? <laughs> so being vulnerable uh, and, and actually sharing your story sounds like it's core to the way you're leading very authentically with, with that program. It, it's so interesting. I had a moment like that at the beginning of January. Uh, my my youngest uh, gave me flu B for Christmas, and so I was really sick in the early uh, weeks of January. And navigating through that, I posted something on LinkedIn saying, hey, is anybody else out there struggling just to keep themselves and their kids healthy right now? It's so interesting. I think when you're authentic and real, people appreciate that. And I got a lot of notes from employees or that is exactly where I am right now. Anybody struggling to find children's Tylenol? Because that's that's kind of what I'm doing. It doesn't really have anything to do with work, but it reminds us all that we're all part of this humanity and we're kind of going through this together. So, Amy, what is next for you? You've had such a, a it's not a straight line, but such a, an amazing career. What What's next? I think I'd go back to the advice that I, that I gave others, which is I'm very focused on this amazing job that I have now, and it is such a privilege to lead GDIT. I love the team that we've built, and we have really big aspirations for the future, and I'm excited about how we are going to become even more relevant to our customers uh, ahead, and I feel it is my duty to, to focus my time there. So let's talk about your time. Uh, earlier in the show, you talked about how you prioritize time um, speaking with and listening to your uh, employees and your customers. So what is it, it like in a day of a life of the president of GDIT? I'd say no day is the same. Uh, this morning started with some fifth grade math homework. So we were going over uh, division of fractions in the car on the way to school. And then 
I have a, a number of different meetings today as I focus on, we have a really exciting 2023 is the year of the people manager at GDIT. And one of the things that we realized is that not only has the environment changed post COVID, but what it means to be a leader has changed post COVID. And so we are launching a variety of resources and uh, conversations at GDIT to help our managers navigate how to be better leaders for their people who are navigating a new environment post-COVID. And so that is an example of, of something that I'm doing. I'm having lunch um, a little bit later with one of my rising leaders. Um, and so ultimately, I'll end the day today with a customer conversation, uh, a tougher conversation about some struggles that we're having on one of uh, of our programs. And, you know, that partnership where you can have conversations with your customer when things go well and when things don't go well is a really important part of of my uh, of my job. So I'd say no, no, no day is is the same here, but I very much enjoy conversations and and listening. Your career and your success have been truly inspirational. Um, what any pearls of wisdom you would have for that next generation or for when when you were 21 or when your 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 daughter uh, graduates from college? Yeah, it's so interesting. I would say first, I we've talked about the the variety of opportunities that I've had in my career. And I always encourage those that ask for advice to to be open to new opportunities as they come through the door, because one of the things that I feel helps me succeed is that I have had that not unpredictable career trajectory that you refer to. But overall, I would tell you, as my workforce is increasingly, not quite 50%, but getting there, millennials and, and Gen Zers now, and I am so encouraged by their focus on empathy and inclusive inclusion and the voice that they have and that gives me tremendous hope for how they will lead businesses in the future you've been listening to leaders and legend in government my guest today has been amy gilliland amy i want to thank you for joining us today and and your public service and sharing your personal journey and some seriously valuable advice it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for, for the opportunity to share uh, and, and to talk about some of the great things that are happening here at GDIT. I'm Aileen Black. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Leaders and Legends in Government with Aileen Black. Subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.